Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Marlin's Corner. I'm Marlin. Uh, this is my podcast, a 30 minute podcast that gives you a pop culture review of everything that's happening out here in the streaming and in the theater world. So you don't have to watch everything. You can take some notes and you can talk about it at the water cooler with your crew without having to invest all that time on all the streaming services and all the movie tickets you would need to buy to catch up. Today's review is going to be on episode two of Atlanta. This is season four, their final season, and it is starting off, quite frankly, with a bang. Now, this episode in particular is one I want to cover because it is about my favorite thing in the world, and that is being petty. This episode is all about pettiness and uh, the extreme routes people may go in the name of pettiness. Uh, The homeliest little horse is the name of the episode. uh, And the tagline is, we got grown men out here being this petty. Y'all really need therapy. That says a lot about this episode. Let's start off with the therapy portion, because I think that to me is the greater important part of this episode. We see a black man in therapy and we see a black male therapist. And that to me is huge. Mental health within the black community is a huge thing. And I love that the show has earned in therapy, uh, dissecting a lot of what he has kept internally. He's going through a lot and he's always a person to be like, I'm fine. I got this. I don't need any additional help. Uh, And so I love that for the first good chunk of this episode, it is of Earn and his therapist, Dr. Tillman, just dissecting things that make him uh, annoyed and upset. And it, of course, is coming about because Earn at this point in time has been told by his doctors that, hey, internally, you're not doing too great. Earn himself admits that uh, his chest sometimes hurt and his left arm sometimes hurt, all signs of education of maybe someone that's going to have a heart attack or has had a heart attack. So he is stressed and he knows he's stressed. And the therapist is there to equip him with the tools to handle said stress. But he, of course, needs to be let in on where a lot of the stress comes from. And that's where we get a huge look into Earn's life Finally, we know for a while now that Ern was expelled from Princeton and he's kind of kept the whole story, you know, tied to his chest. Hasn't really discussed a lot about it since the episode called The Big Bang back in 2016. And we finally get a chance to hear about this story and see why it affects his trustworthiness in other people. And we get a story that for a lot of folks may seem similar to their own story. He goes to Princeton, which is a largely populated white university. He's an RA and, you know, he he's done all the right things. He's gone to Princeton. He's got good grades. He's a nice guy. People like him. For this part, for this part in his life, he truly feels as if he has done everything correctly. He's made a friend with a young white lady on his floor and he needed to like drop his suit off somewhere. uh, And she offered to, uh, she offered her place as a location of where he could drop his suit off. Uh, So he does so. And then later at that point in the story, he realizes, oh, I have an interview coming up. Let me go get my suit. He texts the girl. She doesn't reply. He really needs that suit. And so not thinking anything of it, 
As an RA, he has a master key. He enters her dorm room to grab the suit and go uh, and catch this interview. He doesn't really see anything wrong with it. Honestly, I don't see anything wrong with it either. If I'm telling you that the suit's for an interview and you're telling me, yeah, I can have my suit that's for an interview in your space, day of the interview, I call and text you, you know, respond. I'm going to find any way to get that outfit because as I told you, this is for a job interview that I'm preparing for. So obviously he came there for the suit. However, this uh, young white lady turns the story into something far worse. It instead becomes a story of a scary black man entering a white young lady's room without her permission. And despite Earn apologizing and explaining the reasoning for these things, uh, and instead again becomes this much bigger story. He his blackness uh, is now being utilized as a a scary thing. You're a scary guy. You came into the room, and he's distraught. You know, at at that point in the therapy session, he's crying because at the root of it all, he still thought they were friends. He was very confused at how his friend could portray him like this and could see him as being someone that's dangerous, despite him never having shown those qualities. He stepped onto this campus. He knows that he's one of a few black people here. And so he believes he's acting and his best behavior to, of course, not fall within stereotypes, yet it doesn't matter because he's still looked at that way, and it costs him a spot at Princeton. And it fills him with anger that he was, you know, that weak in that position. And that's where a lot of his kind of issues were, were like start from, and it kind of span out from there. And his therapist tells him and acknowledges this is big. What you've done here is huge. It's a step in the right direction. And like, of course, you're not like done with it, but like you've taken a big step in the right direction. And it's a beautiful moment of therapy between these two characters that we get a chance to dive deeper into and reflect. And honestly, episode two of this final season is set in the bar very high. Now, as I'm talking about this therapy session, it is important to also acknowledge that while this is going on, we're also getting a B story of this white lady named Becca who is going through the steps of potentially becoming um, an author of a children's book uh, and getting it published and getting all the accolades that come with it. We kind of gave them the beginnings of that. And it isn't clear to us at that point how this all connects until we realize that Earn and a desire to want closure of his experience at Princeton, you know, he he wants to wrap it all up. And so he's been in contact with them um, about returning to campus. He's convinced them to give him an honorary degree because of the bullshit he, he dealt with as a student. And of course, now they want him to come back and be a part of these things because, again, universities only care about the bottom line, which is money. And if you have a celebrity alumnus, then, of course, you're going to do everything you can to uh, appease them in order to, of course, make your university look even better. So he convinces them to give an honor degree also that he can, you know, show up and, you know, shake a couple of hands. But he's mostly also going for closure. And on that trip to Princeton, he is a part of another uh, microaggression or macroaggression at the airport with a, a white woman who is giving him a hard time about his passport. Um, despite the fact that he's traveling on a, on a domestic flight, he presents her with uh, his passport. She won't accept it. Again, it's a domestic flight, neither here nor there. He's having a tough time with her. He gets assistance. But even then, this white woman goes out of her way to just really make his day difficult for him, for uh, Van, and for their daughter. And so at this point, he's just angry. And the therapist tells him, like, you can't 
let that sit. You know, it's messy that that happened, but you got to find ways to kind of wash that away so that doesn't so that it doesn't linger within you. And at that point, Ern says, you know what? I'm actually going to need some time off. You know, I'm going to figure some things out. You know, I might go to this thing. I don't know, but I need some time off. And then we don't go back to Ern. And the rest of the story sees us with this woman, Becca, going through her uh, her her B plot of being an, being an author and going to a, a library to read her book. And these children Ruth, like they are ruthless and they roast her book. They roast how she looks. Uh, they're just going in and embarrassing her. All the while, there's a camera person who is just recording it and hasn't broke the recording, is going to keep recording despite her tearing up, despite the kids being mean, despite everyone leaving and she's crying. The camera operator follows her. And then as it pulls out of a shot of her crying, we realize this is being pretty much played in a bar. And then the story connects to the A plot of like, oh, this woman is the same woman from the airport that was absolutely uh, rude to Earn and ruined his day. And Earn has decided to, instead of heeding his therapist, go fully into his pettiness. He has paid actors to be a part of every facet of this woman's terrible, terrible week. This has been more than one day. He has gone to extreme lengths to get this woman to believe this whole thing. And in doing so, she quit her job, thinking she had her dream job of being an author. Uh, and she's given up a lot of her of herself in this book. And here she is being portrayed on 12 different TV screens as people are drinking and toasting one another about how good of a job they did with basically ruining this woman's life all for the sake of Ern, who has been paying them all. And I love that, you know, we... Don't leave right away. Instead, we get a scene where Paperboy and Darius both exchange a look of, God damn, this might be, uh, this sounds like it went too far. Like, you paid people to ruin this woman's life. That's kind of messed up. And I mean, Darius goes so far as to say, I don't know if this is extreme pettiness or terrorism because of the degree that this went to. And of course, Ern laughs it off. But as we hear, you know, Rick James's cold-blooded played in the background, he, it dawns on him, I maybe went too far and I do need to return to therapy. And what I love about this episode is that last line of, yeah, maybe I need to go to therapy. Because again, we've all experienced moments in our lives where someone has pissed us off. And we, you know, of course, go through the normal thing of ideating, how could I ruin their life back? What could I do in my imagination that could just treat them similar to how they treated me or even worse so that they realize I've made a big mistake. I messed with the wrong person. And that ideation is fine because we ideate on it and then we let it go and move forward. But what if you were not able to rein in your pettiness? Like I myself have been in stores and been followed around and thought to myself, what if I just don't ever buy anything? And I just walk around for a, for a full hour. What if I walk around for a full hour? This person follows me for a full hour. And then I'm like, oh, you know what? I can't find it just to just to bother them. What if I were to walk around for an hour, pick up as many clothes as possible, go to the front, go to the front, like they're going to make a huge purchase, and they'd be like, "Actually, you know what? I forgot my I forgot my wallet in the car." And then I just leave. And they have to put back all those clothes that I grabbed off the rack. What if I were just to ruin their day like that? And the thing is, we could do all those things, uh, but it Honestly, it takes more time out of our day to do that than to be like, you know what? Forget you. 
I'm going to go. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my day. I'm not going to let this moment ruin whatever is happening in my day today. Like you have only taken five minutes of my day. Forget you. Forget this whole thing. I'm leaving. You're a terrible person. Karma's going to come to you. That's one way of handling it. But hey, let's be real. I'm always a fan of the petty. And I too found myself fighting internally of like, I know it's wrong what he did. And this woman... You know, her life is ruined. She, she, she doesn't have a job anymore. But I'm also like, you were an absolute racist dickhead. And you kind of deserve this. And I think it more importantly also is a critique on, you know, I think on the on these people on the internet who do dumb things. And then people spend their, their pretty much their time tracking that person down. And everyone's like, great, we're going to track this person down. We're going to get them fired from their job. There's this lens of pettiness that people will go to that I think are honestly, arguably justifiable. I also think the other interesting aspect of this uh episode is in the way we view social media, how almost every other day someone does something uh, terrible online and people track them down because if you're feeling petty enough, you got the time for anything. You know, they go and they find that person, they bring them to justice, they lose your job, something very similar. And lastly, what I think is always fascinating about all this in the name of pettiness is how far would you go in the name of pettiness? How far would you take it? You know, we can look online and see that there are people who are willing to take pettiness uh, to the levels of finding their their nine to five job, finding what church they go to, finding if they volunteer for a little league game, and you know, be like, hey, like justice has found you, and you know, you're gonna reap uh, what you sow. Or are you the kind of person like, you know what? I'm gonna let the cosmic universe deal with you. Where do you fall, viewer? Do you fall on the, you know, I'm going to spend time to find you and make this your last day working on that job? Or are you more of the, you know what? Forget you. I got more fun things I'm going to need to do. Let me know in the comments. But that, folks, has been my review of episode two of season four of the Hulu FX uh, episode of Atlanta. Uh, let me know if there are any other shows you want to talk about. If you haven't checked out... Uh, the Woman King do so. I have my review up very shortly. We'll make sure you all see it before I review it. Uh, but it's uh, pretty fantastic. But with that being said, folks, we're going to wrap this up here over on Marlon's Corner. Have an amazing day. And we'll catch you next time in the corner on Marlon's Corner. Bye-bye. This episode of Marlon's Corner was produced in Richmond, California.